We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This hour is being brought to you by CarX Tire and Auto online at carx.com. Dan Bernstein, Lawrence Holmes, Middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Regarding expansion, I get asked every single day, what's next? It may include future expansion, but it will be done for the right reasons at the right time with our student athletes, academic and athletic empowerment at the center of any and all decisions. We will not expand just to expand it will be strategic it will add additional value to our conference and it will provide a platform to even have our student athletes be put on a larger platform so they can build their careers but also that they have an opportunity to grow and learn from an education and from an athletic standpoint that is the voice of kevin warren the commissioner of the big ten in Maybe the future CEO of your Chicago Bears. Matt Fortuna, our buddy from The Athletic and also from BetQL here and doing all the college work on BetQL, he joins us now on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, some of the world's largest sports book. It's Bernstein and Holmes, Lawrence and Layla here with you until 2 o'clock. Hey, Matt. Hey, how you guys doing? We're doing really well. I imagine that there was a, quite the scramble that had to take place for people who cover college sports to be like, wait, what? Kevin Warren might be the CEO of the Bears? Yeah, I mean, if that happens, I mean, we're talking about a vacancy at the Big Ten Commissioner's Office, which, in my opinion, is the most powerful position in all college sports right now. So a lot of far-ranging effects. Well, I guess near-ranging effects. He won't have to move. It'll all take place in Chicago. But a lot of far-ranging effects as far as how many jobs will be affected by this at both the college and pro sports level. When you first heard this news, what was your thought as far as whether or not maybe he would want the job or that it was something that seemed to make sense knowing what you know about his background? Initially, it was a little bit of shock just because, again, I, I don't think too many people, much like Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame for LSU last year, a lot of people, most people don't leave the Notre Dame head coaching job for anything else. Most people don't leave the Big Ten commissioner job for anything else. But, but when you wear off the shock value of it all and you take a step back, it makes perfect sense for both sides. I mean, when you look at what the Bears are trying to do, which is essentially build a new stadium and attract major events like Final Fours and Super Bowls to the Chicago area, uh, it would be helpful to have a guy who did just that with a similar franchise and a similar part of the country in Minneapolis. I mean, Kevin Warren was the CEO of the Vikings. He helped get U.S. Bank Stadium off the ground. He helped build a suburban practice facility. 
And what do you know? They got the Final Four there in 2019, uh, and they had a Super Bowl there in 2018. And I think, you know, like everyone else in this city, um, you wonder if Indianapolis, Detroit, and Minneapolis can all have Final Fours and Super Bowls, why can't we in Chicago? And certainly uh, not having a dome stadium is a big, big part of that. And Kevin Warren is the guy who, who has done that before and who the Bears probably feel is capable of doing it again here. Matt, to catch people up, can you give us the scope of what it is that Warren has accomplished uh, in, a, in a very short tenure as, as Big Ten commissioner? Certainly, Lawrence. I mean, it, it, it's crazy how the narrative shifts, right? I mean, he took over for Jim Delaney uh, right at the start of the new year in 2020 and obviously was met with uh, the pandemic and, you know, but by all accounts did not handle that particularly well. His Q rating uh, fell dramatically after canceling the Big Ten football season and eventually relenting on that decision and starting a shortened season amid a lot of protests, both internally and externally. But he's bounced back from that nicely. I mean, starting this past summer by landing USC and UCLA from the Pac-12 and creating this national 16-team super conference that the Big Ten will be starting in 2024-25. And right after that, he negotiated a seven-year, $8 billion media deal with Fox, CBS, and NBC uh, to give the Big Ten prime broadcast windows across the three, three of the major networks um, every Saturday. And, you know, he left ESPN in the lurch during that as well, which was a bold move on the surface. But, again, when you wield the kind of power that the Big Ten does, you can kind of call your own shots. And Kevin Warren certainly did that. So when you look at the scope of his work at the Big Ten, you look at the way the Big Ten is set up right now, the heavy lifting has been done. So I get why he might have that itch to, to try something else with his career right now. And certainly, you know, it was already an attractive job, regardless of the circumstances of the Big Ten. But but if he leaves it, um, it becomes that much more attractive, in my, my opinion, because it's set up to absolutely thrive in the next decade. Well, that's another question, too, is it's not just about the future of the conference, which I doesn't I don't think it stops at 14 teams. I don't think we're done seeing the Big Ten expand. That was my first thought when I saw USC and UCLA. But also, that's a job that likely pays a lot more money than the Bears president job, at least as far as we know right now. What's your understanding of the salary, at least that Warren is commanding? We've heard reports of $5 million. Yeah, Leo, that was one of my first reactions as well, and that was some of the feedback I got too was, wow, the Bears must really be ponying up here because – traditionally speaking, and you guys can probably talk to this better than I can, but I feel like NFL president jobs or jobs similar to that pay in the $1 to $3 million a year range. Kevin Warren uh, was credited with $3.5 million from 2020 with his, the most recent tax returns from the Big Ten. I, I would imagine, especially with this new deal and with everyone in that conference getting rich, his salary will be more in the $5 million range uh, as soon as we can get our hands on those numbers from 2021. In 2022. So I would imagine the Bears, you know, I, I doubt he's going to go for a pay cut, right? And again, we're talking, you know, millions versus millions. No one's going to cry poor for him either way, but I doubt he'd be leaving for a pay cut. I, I would also, and again, I, I don't cover the NFL daily like you guys, but I would imagine this particular president job and the tasks that are waiting ahead for whoever takes this job, given the Arlington Heights project, given the stadium and city issues. It's got to be much larger in scope, I would imagine, than a traditional NFL CEO or president job. And because of that, I would imagine and hope for the Bears' sake that they're paying a premium here. Matt, what do people around the league and around college sports say about Kevin Warren? You know, he's got mostly a pro sports background. Um, He was he kind of came out of left field when he got announced as the Big Ten commissioner just because – 
he'd not been in college sports in about 30 years, um, really since he, he got his law degree for, from Notre Dame. And so, uh, you know, he worked with the Vikings. He worked with the Rams. I believe he worked with the Lions as well. Uh, he's incredible contacts across all levels of the sport. Um, and certainly was a different voice. It definitely brought a different personality to the Big Ten than Jim Delaney, who for, you know, as, as influential and as powerful as he was, um, you know, was not exactly the most charismatic guy in the world in his later years when he was running the Big Ten. Kevin Warren definitely changed the culture there, uh, in my opinion, for the better while he was there. And, you know, if, if this is if, if his time is up there, if it, he goes to the Chicago Bears, and I don't believe it would get to this point publicly if it wasn't at the one-yard line, um, he's definitely left that conference in a great place to to thrive and succeed in the future. I mean, it was already a, a giant from a financial standpoint, um, I think he was able to expand their scope and reach a little bit more. And when you look at college athletics as a whole right now, it really is the big two. It's the Big Ten. It's the SEC. Both are about to have 16 teams. Both are going to make hundreds of millions of dollars more than every other conference. And I, I think both Jim Delaney and Kevin Warren are, are, are to thank for that if you're the Big Ten. I also want to ask the question when it comes to the viewpoint of him. There's a lot of fans, of course, who are still mad about how that was handled. I don't anticipate that ever being something in the future. I would think that what he's done this year is enough to where you can overlook the changing understanding of what was going on with COVID and how well it was contained at the time he made those decisions. But I do wonder if that left a mark with the schools. If that was something where they even have a say in saying, is this the person we need moving forward? Despite all the things he's done as far as the business side, which I think speak for themselves, and once again, expanding to the West Coast. Yeah, it's always hard to overcome your first impression, right? Now, I will say, you know, in his defense, you know, the the Big Ten commissioner job, any commissioner job, like like Roger Goodell's or anyone else's, you serve at the behest of your owners, or in this case, the behest of your president. So, you know, if Kevin Warren became the face of that, both good and bad, this way he's become the face of realignment and of the media rights field both good and bad. And the reality of the situation is it's much more complicated behind the scenes than just one man or woman making a unilateral decision. Now I will say in the three and a half years or so, since he took that job, 12 of the 14 sitting conference president sitting conference schools have had turnover at the presidential level. And those are the people who one hired Kevin Warren and two basically directed him on what to do. So it's a completely different um, kind of board, if you will, within the structure of the big 10 right now. And so you wonder how that changes things moving forward if and when this job opens and what they look for in a new commissioner. But certainly, um, you know, he was playing from behind from the very beginning. And again, I would not, you know, I've had candid conversations with Kevin Warren about this. He said, I would not wish that year on my worst enemy. Um, You know, it it was bad. The the death threats, you know, he did not drive his car, um, you know, for the first year because he didn't feel secure with the parking lot at the Big Ten offices. I mean, it was, it was ugly. It was bad. I would not wish that on anyone. Um, how you know how, how much of the football cancellation part directly falls on his shoulders? Certainly, a, a lot of it. I mean, he's the commissioner; he's the face of the conference. That's what he gets paid the big bucks for. Um, but but it was an unprecedented situation for anyone, and I'm not sure anyone uh, in the college sports space covered themselves in glory with the, their leadership during that time. Death threats to save people from a deadly illness. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You said something about this being at the one yard line. That's your understanding. Why do you say that? I just, I mean, everyone in college sports, commissioner, athletic directors, coaches, you name it, they have conversations all the time. In fact, the Big Ten statement yesterday 
basically intimated as much with Kevin Warren. And I can tell you this is not the first conversation he's had with the NFL franchise since taking over as Big Ten commissioner. Um, I, I don't imagine this gets out the way it does. And so publicly, I mean, once it got out and once I started making calls on this, a lot of the reaction was, yeah, um, we're surprised it took this long to get out, at least from the NFL side. Now, again, he lives in Chicago. Him going to Hallis Hall to interview isn't him getting on a plane flying across the country. Um, you know, it's a much, much lighter lift for him being in his backyard here. But I, I think, one, it would be really hard for him to, to kind of, I hate to say turn back or go back because who knows who's actually making the decision here, whether it's him or the Chicago Bears. But it would be a very awkward dance to go back to the Big Ten and to lead that conference, I think, in the manner he's capable of doing with this being out there and with this hovering over everything right now. And, again, I think these guys are smart. They're savvy. I don't think this gets out as publicly as it does if it's not already a done deal or very close to being a done deal. And I know there were one or two other people who, who had been brought back for multiple interviews as well, but I know the Bears thought very, very highly of Kevin Warren, and I expect him ultimately to be the next president there. Wow. Um, I wasn't That's, expecting you to say that. That was pretty big. You just you just threw that in at the end, Matt. Uh, well, I, you, you brought me on to talk about him. I, I don't think it's because he, he's uh, not going to be <laughs> I mean, the, either, the eventual president. I don't know. I mean, the fact that his name is even brought up in the circle is is pretty it's it's pretty surprising for us. But for you to say that that is significant, I think, right now. I'd be surprised if he wasn't. I put it that way. I mean, I I think when you look at what that franchise needs, what he would bring to the table and, you know, again, all the cards aligning kind of for this to happen. I'd be surprised if it didn't happen at this point. Um, you know, I'm not reporting that. That's my personal opinion. But um, I, I just don't think it gets to this point without him ultimately, you know, getting that job. So Dr. Jim Phillips comes back and he takes care of the Big Ten? Is that what happens, Matt? <laughs> that that would be the obvious and natural uh, succession plan. Again, for, for better or for worse, as I said earlier, all the presidents, for the most part, are new in the Big Ten. Now, they didn't choose him last time, and everyone thought he would be the choice to succeed Jim Delaney. And it would probably be a little more awkward right now to leave one power conference as a commissioner for another. But but no one is more Chicago or more Midwest than Jim Phillips. His family's still here. The Big Ten is eons ahead of the ACC from a financial standpoint and as far as the way they're set up to succeed and thrive in the years to come. I, I think it would be really hard for him to pass that up if the opportunity faces him again but we'll see how that process plays out it should be fascinating yeah to me like i don't even like to me it's him moving from a semi-powerful conference to a really powerful conference like i i don't even it's not lateral at all it's a move up if he were to come and be in charge of the big 10 huge move up i mean again the big 10 and the sec are just playing a different game than everyone else right now both on the field the big 10 is two teams in the college football playoff uh tomorrow and financially uh, with, with their future TV deals. I mean, the ACC right now, and this was done before Jim Phillips got there, but they're in a 20-year deal with ESPN right now that doesn't pay all that well, and that goes through 2036. Both the Big Ten and SEC will be up for renewal before the end of the current ACC deal, and both are already making a ton more money than the ACC is. So you, you can do the long-term math there and see how sustainable that actually is. I think that that's something that people need to consider when you bring that up. It's not just the wealth of particular schools or, or thinking about a TV deal. It's the actual wealth and viability of conferences. Yeah, I mean, you know, th- there's a crane of rights right now, and because of the length of that deal with the ACC, it- it's cost prohibitive for any school to get out of it. But, but you can do the math once you get closer to the finish line of the TV deal. 
you can already see, and I'm sure they're already having these conversations behind closed doors, the Clemsons, the Miamis, the North Carolinas, the Florida states of the world. They're looking at their resources compared to the Oklahomas and Ohio states and Alabamas of the world, thinking how are we going to reasonably compete for national championships if, if we can't afford to pay our staffs and expand our staffs and build out these great facilities that they're able to do with much more ease in those other conferences. Matt, this was delightful, man. Thank you so much for jumping on and giving us all the information. You can check out Matt on BetQL in the action each Saturday from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. You can read him in The Athletic, and occasionally he has got enough time to come and hang out here with the stupid people uh, on the radio show. So, Matt, as always, man, we appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Uh, always a pleasure to be with you guys. Don't be so hard on yourself. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, I mean, I was speaking more for me than the person that I'm sitting with. Oh, no, you can speak for me. That was fantastic. Yeah. I didn't expect Matt to say all that, and I know Matt. I, I'm still find myself a little bit suspicious or cynical about how it leaked out and asking myself the question of why, who does it benefit, like that sort of thing. Right. But someone is as good at this as Matt is, like him talking about it makes uh, I'm def- my antenna are definitely up now that's there's no doubt about that I'm looking in the hallway and I see Phil Rogers is here he had been talking to Goose aka Ron Gleason for a while but Phil Rogers from NBC5 did this incredible feature about SoFi Stadium and he did it trying to look forward and seeing what the Bears might build and so when I saw it I was like Layla we got to get Phil Rogers on the show and she's like all right so Phil agreed. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk with Phil and then we're going to you guys are going to be the focus group for the new stadium and we're going to take calls with Phil. But there's a lot that we have to do about the story and his career cuz it was also announced on NBC5 yesterday that that he was going to be done at the end of the week, which is today. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. Well, we have to because he's here and he's next on The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Bernstein at Homes, middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Phil Rogers for NBC5 
did a walkthrough of SoFi Stadium. We wanted to see a stadium that somebody built with their own money because it looks like that's where the Bears are inevitably headed if they build in Arlington Heights. And the number one stadium in the United States that was built with private money is SoFi Stadium. Beloved colleague, Phil Rogers. Do not talk to him about Oklahoma State the other day. Oh, Don't I, do that. We can ask him if he's a man, if he's 40. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. Wow. I I wasn't expecting Phil to get the full treatment, but he did, Mike Rankin, with the full treatment for, for a TV legend here in Chicago. Phil Rogers of NBC5. I, I am in in awe that you you look you can do anything. If you can uh, you brought back Gundy's 40 rant, you brought you, you, you you've got I, I know the words to the song you just played, but um, and there's random cowboys. Oh my gosh. We yeah. tried. We tried oh. to roll out the orange carpet for you, you Phil. You really did, which is more than Mike Gundy did in that bowl game two nights ago. <laughs> it's the truth. The voice that you hear alongside my partner, Layla Rahimi, is that of NBC5's Phil Rogers. And the reason that we wanted to get Phil, and man, I'm really glad that we had, as a show, had the idea because Phil's retiring at the end of the day. This is it. They, they take my idea away at the end of the day. Isn't that yeah. crazy? This is my last broadcasting event right here. Oh, I'm so sorry. Now that, that <laughs> is let's, awesome for us. Let's just pretend like it was yesterday. It was a wonderful send off. And you know it what's was. funny? It was amazing. So Lawrence had the idea at the same time you had the idea. Oh, really? I, yes. Yeah, because we wanted to come over and talk about this, you know, uh, because this the, the, the potential move to Arlington Heights is... I think it's kind of out of mind right now, and mm-hmm. it shouldn't be because it's happening right now. I mean, they're probably having meetings today about it. Well, Phil offered, he wanted to talk with the people about this. So we want to give you an opportunity. I have unlocked the phone lines. 312-644-6767 is the number. If you would like to talk about the the Bears possibly moving to Arlington Heights and whether or not you expect to be on the hook as a taxpayer for whatever it is that they build in Arlington Heights. 312-644-6767. We will get to your phone calls, your text messages on the subject a little bit later on. I want to start with the feature because that's what caught me. I was watching NBC5 and I saw you do the feature of you going it's before Sunday Night Football and you, you went to SoFi Stadium. Why? We wanted to see a stadium that was built with private money. And I, because that's sort of where this whole thing is, is headed, there's no appetite whatsoever for public money to build a stadium, certainly not in Illinois. And especially because of the disastrous deal that was made on Soldier Field uh, now 20 years ago uh, when they renovated it and created, you know, what do they call it? It looks like a spaceship crashed into the Parthenon. And when that deal was done, I think a lot of people thought, "Wow, this is a good deal. It's gonna, you know, it's gonna be financed with, uh, you know, visitors to the city. It's it's gonna be paid off." Uh, wh- what we've shown through numbers we got is it doesn't even. It's worse than ever. What what they did? What type? How bad is it? The numbers that we were given just now by his producer Shelby. Hi, Shelby. Shout out to Shelby. <laughs> yeah, I used to work with Shelby. And I think this is important for for people like me who maybe moved here after that date. After 2002, it was 399 million in 2002, and they now owe 640 million dollars. Yeah, they owe nearly twice as much as what was originally borrowed, 
And I think when people hear that, they say, well, how is that even possible? But, you know, they refinanced the deal a couple of times. It was always going to be backloaded. It's going to end up costing over a billion dollars. What you see there on the lakefront, smallest stadium in the NFL, no parking. It's going to end up costing over a billion dollars when everything is said and done. And remember, that's into the into the early 2030s. So if the Bears leave, you're still paying for it. So once you got out to SoFi, what struck you about a privately funded venture like this? Well, if people have seen SoFi, if they if they saw the Super Bowl or if they watch Rams and Chargers games, what you're seeing there is a stadium that was built with private money by a guy named Stan Kroenke who owns the Rams, and, but he's a real estate developer. And Stan Kroenke had $5 billion to build SoFi on his own. Now, SoFi is not just SoFi. It is, it is also an entire entertainment and business district that is built on the site of the old Hollywood Park racetrack. If that sounds familiar mm. to you, it's almost exactly the same size of plot of land, about 300 acres. It's exactly what the Bears are talking about doing. They want to build retail. They want to build restaurants. They want to possibly even residential. That's exactly what Kroenke did. Now, here's the difference. Stan Kroenke had $5 billion dollars. The McCaskies don't have $5 billion. I mean, you could argue what the franchise is worth, but their money is tied up in the team. So they'd have to use some rather creative financing. But we've talked to people, Mark Gannis, who you may have even had on this show, and he pointed out there there are a lot of ways you can finance this without having to go to the public sector. You know, the NFL will chip in money that is they, – they do loans among the owners – uh, in fact, the Soldier Field deal was done with a loan from the NFL. So it's possible to do this without going to the state of Illinois, and I think that's good because I don't think many are going to want to do that. I also I really like that you pointed that out too, Phil. And Phil Rogers of NBC5 is here with us in studio. The way that, that the ownership is structured for the Bears and the way that like, the McCaskies as a family, it's not like they have, like this is, this is not their side hustle. This is how they make yeah. their money. When you look at other owners around the NFL, it, Jerry Jones does oil. You know what I mean? Stan Kroenke does real estate. Robert Kraft does a little bit of everything. And then they happen to also own a team. With the McCaskies, it is not that way. And I, I think one of the fascinating things about it, and I, I still believe that Virginia will probably outlive us all, but if she passes away, the ownership structure of the Bears is such that I wonder if it'll be cost prohibitive for the McCaskey family to even own the Bears you at know, that point. That's a wonderful question. And, and, and one of the things we have talked about and cannot be lost on anybody, and I think a lot of people forget this, when you look at the McCaskey family, Virginia McCaskey, daughter of Papa Bear Hallis, who was sitting in the Hupmobile showroom in, in 1920, when, when they formed the National Football League, when they elected Jim Thorpe as the first president of the league. I mean, I mean, the DNA of the entire National Football League goes through this family. It's in the interests of the NFL for the Bears to succeed, for, for the Bears to become a showplace franchise. So they will want to see something happen. You know, it, it, it's kind of sad because the Bears are kind of a backwater franchise right now. They've kind of been 
left behind performance-wise, and I think that there's a lot of interest nationally in seeing that change. That's encouraging to hear. What are the pieces of your work that you've done recently is something that I think we should really also focus in on. And unlike the rest of the country, unlike the other football stadiums, there's layers of bureaucracy here in Chicago that the Bears are working with that simply don't exist in other places, even when those stadiums are publicly funded. And I want to make that very clear for people who might not know. Yeah. Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys are not working with a park district to manage that surface or any part of that stadium. And that was the way it was with Texas Stadium, for example. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important that you point out the correspondence that's happened recently regarding Ted Phillips, who's still very much the team's current president, and the city to get to this point, because this didn't have to be this way either. No, and and in fact, what happened was we filed a freedom of information request with the mayor's office for the for the correspondence with the Bears over the last few years. We wanted to see, you know, what's what's been the talk among the city and the Bears to try to do a deal, and what it revealed more than anything is. You, you, of course, you can't, you can't file a request like that with the Bears, but you can file it with the city and you get the documents. And what those, what those emails and letters revealed was just how toxic the relationship is right now, today, between the Bears and the city of Chicago. And a lot of it goes to, you know, just the, the efforts to do something at Soldier Field. It all goes back to when they wanted to do a sports book at Soldier Field, and that fell completely flat. And... Um, you know, just everything that the Bears and the city talk about in those emails, the back and forth is just very bitter. To have a sports book, let's conceptualize. Say the city had said yes. And I think part of the reason the city said no is because of what the dialogue was at Wrigley Field. How that had to be a discussion about whether or not the city was going to be cannibalized. I don't think they should say that from a place of competition. Like, the reason you have the team is, is or gambling is the team. Like, that's the the entity that you're you're using for that for that uh, venue. But in this case, if there had been a sports book at Soldier Field, if they had entertained that discussion from the very beginning, not thinking about perhaps the gambling interest or a competition, mm-hmm. do you think that this would be a different discussion right now? And would you even be talking about Arlington Heights at all? I think it might be. I think at least it would have been a level of collegiality that that would have shown that they were kind of on the same page. The Bears were not happy with the way Soldier Field is. It, it's again, it's the smallest stadium in the national. Sixty one thousand five hundred, and it doesn't have a roof on it. Yeah, like and, and 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 this is one of the things that was inside the the piece where Phil had been working on. It's not as if there's really any room to build on it because of landmark status, and quite honestly. Because you have other landmark status things there. There's the firemen's um, and, and the and the police. Mm-hmm. The thing that's right behind Soldier Field. It's almost impossible to make Soldier Field worthy of where the NFL is going in the next five to ten years. Until yeah. they did the study after the fact. Yeah, uh, and 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 and. But but to your point about municipal stadiums. That era is just over in the National Football League. I mean, the days when the, you know, when the Green Bay Packers would come down to Milwaukee and play a few games at County Stadium. I mean, this just doesn't happen in the NFL anymore. And and you're what you're really seeing is the contrast between the old Mapa ownership of the league of, of league franchises 
And now it's a very different breed. Now there are still, you know, the, you know, the Roonies and, and some of the, the, the other the folks. Maras. Yeah. The Maras and, and, you know, you can go back and still see some of that original family interest in the league, but it's changing. The ownership of the franchises is changing. I don't think anybody is advocating, although some of your callers might say it's time for the McCaskies to turn loose of the team. But I think what they're saying is it just has to be operated differently. It has to take a different approach. And I think that's really what the Bears are looking at right now. They're saying, we want out of this deal. We want something we can control. Forgive my ignorance on this, but when you say part of that 2002 loan was financed by the NFL, is all of it financed by the NFL? No, no. Uh, the majority of the money came through a, a um, through through money that would be coming in basically from conventioneers, hotel motel taxes. That, but a couple of things happened. We got the numbers. Those were upside down many years. And then when the pandemic hit, there weren't any hotel motel customers. And, and so as a result, it really got upside down during those years. Phil, do you think the Bears are going to go to the taxpayer for this? Do you think that they'll say, hey, well, sure, that's what they did out in California, but California plays by different rules than Illinois does. We've already heard some rumblings that they've asked some stuff that's not football-related from people in Arlington Heights. Do you think they're going to try and and get public money for this? There's been talk about a, a tax scheme that kind of goes to something relating to a TIF and without, without getting too technical on this. What that seems to be is an effort to lock in what their property taxes and what their taxing would be and where the money would go to the, the individual taxing districts, kind of lock in a rate for a while. I don't think that you're going to see, and by the way, my crystal ball has never functioned tremendously well. That's I, I, not I, true. I'm better at covering news as it happens rather than before it happens. But <laughs> I, I, if I was a betting man, and I'm not, I would say the Bears are not going to seek public money on this, that they're going to try to find a way to build it otherwise. Okay. I mean, that, that makes me happy. But you said that you wanted to talk with the people, right? I'm interested in hearing what, what the public thinks about 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 public financing and about the very idea of moving. That's it to me too, is that it didn't have to come to this. And I don't know that a lot of people even realize that. And that after the fact, they decided to say the city, oh, now we'll consider putting a dome on a stadium. Oh, and, th- and that ship had sailed. That, the, the emails show that by the time Mayor Lightfoot came out this summer with this $2 billion dome idea, the Bears were bears were done her approach to this has also been very very interesting and i think that there was um well i mean you're retiring so i could get real feisty about this (laughs) um i think that that she went in with a style that is not conducive to dealing with people who run teams in the nfl well no i mean you're speaking of that infamous email where they and this what they did and in the emails we saw they sent the bears a copy of her statement and that was the statement where she said the bears should concentrate on being relevant in october and beating, beating the packers beating green bay and I, you can imagine how well that sat at house hall it did not <laughs> i i can tell you from my own digging it did not go over well. No. And considering the history between the Bears and the Park District and the Bears in the city of Chicago, it was kind of one of those, really? 
that's what we're on? I Bet. Know. How about we leave? So yeah. that's kind of where things are. But She spoke with her sports fan hat, yeah. not her mayor hat. And that's and she needed to speak with her, like her we know most she's conciliatory. A I don't care if she's a big fan or not. Like the, if you were trying to get the Bears to stay, the fan approach was not the approach that you should have taken. You should have taken the approach of this is big business. This is billions of dollars. And, and diplomacy and, with your tenant. Right, and, put, and putting your Bears starter jacket on. And and your Grabowski sweater was not the right approach. Do they still do they still make starter? Yeah, jackets? you still get. If there was one person jacket? who I think would probably still have a bear starter jacket, yeah. I, I wouldn't put it past the mayor. I think well, she would have that. She's for sure. a, she's a she's legitimate in her sports fandom, but correct time and place matters. Remember here. though, she was wearing her political hat. She was she was that that message was made for public consumption. The, the, I'm not sure it landed there either, Phil. The, the renderings of the stadium were made for public consumption. I don't think that there was any thought. As, as, a, as a South Sider, as someone who's only seven minutes from Soldier Field, I was just like, really? That's, that's what you're doing? I yeah, know. that's what you've got? Yeah, I know. And that's what makes me sad about this is I live the life of covering stadiums. Even in Houston, it's still a little farther away. And I really do appreciate a stadium being in the city like it is. And you're right, Phil. It's not just games. We forget about that. It's not just eight or nine a year. It's concerts. It's Final Fours. It's bringing those public goods that should be here in Chicago, like we just saw with the WNBA and the NBA All-Star Game, and being viable for that. And really, that is a place that can house it, even though it's a little smaller than maybe everybody would have liked. I still, I, I have a place in my heart for the cities that keep the actual stadium in the stadium, even though I know it's okay. It's okay to go to the suburbs, but mm-hmm. I, I think you're right. We've gotten a lot of people texting in, and yeah, I really appreciate that, but, but we, we, need, the we calls. need you to call us. Yes, actually, <laughs> the texts are fine, yeah. but Phil's like wants to talk to you well about there is this. the guy here that says i got my dad a bear starter jacket for christmas yeah you can, yeah. Still, yes. you can, you can all, still get them yeah all of that can also be relayed over the phone and this is going to be used on nbc5 we want to make that clear but yeah please call in phil wants to hear from you and that's why that's a big reason we're doing this we, we want to hear from people 312-644-6767 is the number this is what we're going to do we're going to line up some phone calls for phil on this subject you can talk to him about how you feel as a Bears fan, as a resident of Chicago, as a resident of Arlington Heights, how do you feel as a resident of the state of Illinois and wondering if your your tax bill is going to be connected to this stadium. We're going to take a break. We're going to load up the phone lines, and then we're going to talk with you next here on The Score. Dan Bernstein, Lawrence Holmes, Middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Bears. We are talking about the Bears here on The Score. NBC5's Phil Rogers is nice enough to come and hang out with us and tell us everything that he learned on his trip to SoFi as he's trying to figure out what the Bears do with Arlington Heights. He also said that he wanted to talk with people, meaning you, the Bears fan. So we are going to give you his wish. 312-644-6767. Now, Phil, you're good with this, right? I really wanted to hear what people think. Okay. All right. All right. I know we're at least in good hands with the first call because it's Mario and Hyde Park. Hello, Mario. You're on the score. Hey, what's up, y'all? Happy New Year, Lawrence and Layla. And Phil, you are the blankety-blank goods, man. Congratulations on your retirement. Oh, you are too um, kind. Thank you. Um, There's a strong probability that Mayor Lori Lightfoot will not be mayor after this election. 
knowing what we know about how she negotiated or didn't negotiate any of this properly, is there any stretch of a, of a possibility that another mayor comes in and approaches the Bears and says, look, we have land available without gentrifying any part of it. We can get you what you want. Can they get back to the table with the Bears, you think, and not go to Arlington Heights? Because like Layla, I would hate to see them leave Chicago. I'm probably on an island. I just, I, I don't want them to leave. I want them to stay in the city. I think that you, you raise a really good good question. You raise the political question. The, here, here's, there's just a practical answer to this, and that is they're looking at a 300-acre site in, in Arlington Heights, which they would control. They could build anything there they want in addition to the stadium. The question is, is there an equivalent site in the city of Chicago that the, the, that Chicago could even offer? I mean, when, when Stan Kroenke built SoFi, that was that was a site that just dropped out of the sky, and, and it was the biggest available parcel in Los Angeles, believe it or not. Right now, the biggest available parcel in the Chicagoland area is Arlington Heights. And so the question is, what could the city of Chicago offer that would give not only the space for a stadium, but also this development that the Bears hope to make? Let's go out to Naperville and talk with Jeff. Hey, Jeff, you're on the score with Phil Rogers. Hey guys, how are you? Happy New Year, Phil! Congratulations on your retirement. Really Thank appreciate you. everything you've contributed to Chicago sports over the long years. Thank you. But uh, I'm I'm all for the Bears moving to Arlington Heights. I grew up in Arlington Heights. Um, went to Buffalo Grove High School. I've been a Bears fan since I was five years old. I think that the city of Chicago has done nothing but hinder the Chicago Bears becoming one of these elite franchises they don't have any control over their money i used to work at soldier field for one of the concession companies that would run the concessions uh and the united club the cadillac club way back when it was the cadillac club and the amount of money that the chicago bears have to actually pay to the city of chicago keeps them from really doing anything that any of these clubs can do with all of this money that they have. So I think this site is fantastic. I think what they can do is really turn the Chicago Bears around because they're going to have areas of income that they've never had possible before. Can I just ask, is, sure. is he still, still there? there? Yeah. Can I just ask, you would feel that way even if it weren't for the fact that you're from Arlington Heights? Absolutely. Absolutely. I It was just nice to, you know, to hear that they were moving into, you know, my hometown. I used to, I used to watch Walter Payton work out on his hill, you know? Um, yeah. I, I love the fact that they're able to have their own stadium, that they're not hindered by politics and bull crap and park districts. Sorry if I used the wrong word there. Um, well, bull crap's all right. Them. No, yeah. we, we get the point, Jeff. And, and yeah, that, that is something that, they won't necessarily have to deal with in Chicago. I would say, though, don't discount the politics of building a stadium no matter where it is. And also be reminded that the salary cap, at least for the on-field product, is very much, as we unfortunately know, still in play because the Bears are trying to get out from a lot of those payments too. the uh, the salary cap situation with paying certain people who aren't on the team anymore. Hey, we got someone from Arlington Heights that says, hey, John, you're on the score. 
Hey, Phil and uh, Lawrence, thanks so much for taking my call. I appreciate it. The Bears got to get this done, you guys. Um, Think about this. As you already stated, you have a 300-acre parcel. But not only that, you have access for Metra trains to get people from the city um, to the stadium. You also have highways that are very accessible. And there's another aspect to this that I've never heard anyone talk about. When you're talking about the NFL in 2022, 2023, the next 10 years, when we're talking about recruiting top talent, you have to also think about facilities. And when we have the third largest market and the smallest stadium, guys, it doesn't make sense. Let's get it done. Let's get a, let's get a beautiful state-of-the-art stadium, and uh, let's go Bears. I, I always like to remind this when this is said. There is also a Metro line that drops you off right in front of Soldier Field. I, I know that people tend to like discount people who live in the south and the south suburbs, but there's literally a metro rail right there. The the actual exit for is called Soldier Field. Like that's the name of the stop is Soldier Field. So just I always wonder like do people actually know or do they just assume that oh there's going to be a metro line that runs out there to Arlington Heights. There's literally one that runs all the way now it's stretched all the way down to Bourbonnais that comes down to Soldier Field. Just saying. People we, forget. We should go to Abdul next, Lawrence. Abdul on line 10 there. Okay, I can do that. Hey, Abdul, you're on the score. What's on your mind? Hey, how you doing, brother? Uh, I don't mind that the Bears are going to Arlington Heights. I love the city of Chicago. I thought Lightfoot played her hand way too late. We could have been been redid Soldier Field in the 1980s, the 1990s, and we would have never had this problem. The Bears are now just trying to be a state-of-the-art team, worth of that third-highest uh, franchise in the NFL, and I think we're, we're about time that we had the best stadium in the NFL. You know, there's there's one thing that we didn't talk about, and, that, and, and but I'm so glad he said that, and that is when the mayor, we, we failed to mention one other thing the mayor said. She said, well, if they leave, I'll just bring another team here. Uh, that's never going to happen. I, I you know, so for- it was such a ridiculous thing, and it it showed a lack of knowledge of how the NFL franchises work, which was really disappointing. If you can't figure out my tone about how this whole conversation has gone, Phil. Well, the uh, fact that she didn't know what the rules were when it came to NFL franchisee relocation was disappointing as the person who was in charge of the city. When the when the Chargers moved from San Diego, it was an over six hundred dollar payment. Okay, Uh, I mean, six hundred million dollars, six hundred million dollars to move the Chargers to Los Angeles. The NFL also was very much a part of that. It wasn't just another municipal entity's call or a franchise. The NFL had to say something about it. Oh, yeah. And in fact, it was always going to be two teams. Correct. And so, I mean, the NFL orchestrated that whole thing. And it gets a little complicated with the way Stan Kroenke was in it, and there were other stadiums in the mix. And he's in a lawsuit with the city of St. Louis that's gotten a lot of publicity. Exactly. The but the but the bottom line is, and Lawrence, you just you just touched on this, and that is, the National Football League is not looking to expand in the United States. If any expansion would happen, it would probably happen in Europe or somewhere else. If so, then it would be a question of relocating an existing franchise to Chicago to be the second team. No, no existing franchise is going to relocate to Chicago to play at Soldier Field. And guess who has veto power over that? The Bears do. If you're within a 75 mile radius, so like even the like it, it, 
it annoyed me that the concept of it was thrown out there as a piece of political red meat by the mayor of Chicago without her actually having the facts on what she was throwing out there. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Phil. I know I'm putting you in a spot, man. It's all right. What are they going to do, fire him? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. That's really a good point. You got your chance to speak, Phil. That's for sure. We, we're listening. Hey, Steve in St. Charles, you're on the score. Hi there, Lawrence. Hi, Layla. How are you? Happy New Year, guys. Phil, thank you very much for doing this. I've been a Channel 5 guy, Layla, all my life. Yay! Anyways, I swore I wasn't ever going to call up the score and say this. I'm one of the longtime season ticket holders, and I was curious to the financing aspect of of this plan to move to Arlington Heights. Has there been any mention of them increasing or adding additional personal seat licenses to help finance this new stadium? I, I am so glad you asked that question, and I want your your, your thoughts on this. Uh, the Bears haven't said. We spoke with Mark Gannis, who is very knowledgeable about these things and has helped some teams negotiate deals uh, on these things. He said he would be shocked if the Bears did not uh, impose brand-new seat licenses on everyone, including existing ticket holders. Now, there might be some kind of an arrangement with existing season ticket holders where they would get maybe a discount, but it's not like you're going to get to move your seat license from Soldier Field to a new stadium in Arlington Heights. What would your thoughts on that be? I was under the impression that our personal seat license was good for 30 years. I think that that would be the case probably if it was at Soldier Field. Now, So you think that they're going to start over from scratch and say in order to keep the seats that you have, give us eight, ten thousand $10,000 a seat for what you're owning? Of course we don't know, but that is what we are understanding has been done in other places. And also... Between now, remember one other thing, and this is really important. We haven't even touched on this. There are no naming rights at Soldier Field, you know, because of its landmark status, because of it, it's a war memorial, things like that. The, the, the amount of money teams make off of naming—it's just an astronomical amount of money. You know, you know, talk talk to the folks that own the United Center. So, you know, the Bears would have a naming rights deal at a suburban stadium. And also would probably go back to the well on seat licenses. And those would be two of the largest sources of funding for building the stadium. I think it's really important you bring that up. We just won't bring up the the FTX funding. Yeah, Miami I mean, the, the cryptocurrency is yeah. probably not a great yeah, idea not, right now to allow them no. to. Yeah, good deals are available on I, that. Yeah. I think it's also a good question to ask when we're talking about the money. And we mentioned the salary cap. Like on-field product, that that is a number decided by the NFL. But when it comes to where this money could be seen, like the extra money people pay for the tickets, how this money could be reinvested, your piece about the video board at SoFi I thought was very interesting and just how that would might come into play for the experience of a fan. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, when we spoke to the Rams about that, they speak of the closet-to-closet experience. In other words, when a, when a football fan gets up in the morning and puts on that starter jacket and gets in the car and drives through rush hour traffic and or, or you know expressway traffic to get to the stadium to tailgate to go to the game to get out they are interested in 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 that entire block of time uh, you know in other words what's that experience going to be like for the guy that is shelling out that much money to go to the stadium right now what's that experience like at soldier field it's difficult i mean 
if you want to go to Soldier Field, largely the way you get there is you walk. Right. And and it's not conducive to that experience. All right, Phil, I got time to take one more call. Ray, which one do you want me to take? I think we should go with JR in Indiana. All right, JR in South Bend. All right, JR, you're on the score. Hey, how are you guys? Thanks for letting me be your last guy here. All right, what you got? My question is, well, first of all, I am very happy to see the Bears leaving Chicago. The, the field, because of the Park District, has been just an embarrassment year after year. What was the concert that they had like two weeks before the uh, first game here? The field's always a mess. So, But that being said, going to Arlington Heights, I consider Arlington Heights like, yeah, as a South Sider, I consider that the last major town before you hit the Wisconsin line. There, you, You're going to have a lot of Southsiders and, and, and even Westsiders that are probably not going to be as willing to take that trip. You know, that's an hour drive, you know, versus, you know, just hopping, uh, you know, the Dan Ryan and being there in no time. So what do you think long term? I mean, it's going to I think it's going to turn the Bears into a different kind of product. Yeah, I think the Grabowski era is going to be over with it. What's your thoughts on that? You know, I think this this is where let me let me ask you as a Texas as a former Texas resident, what was the what was the distance from downtown Dallas to either Irving or Arlington? From the former Oklahoma resident, let's just get that straight. <laughs> Phil and I laugh about it. Uh for for us it was just the accepted table stakes, right? Like you just knew the stadium was here and you went there and that was the end of it. Uh that's why I am sentimental toward the accessibility of having ballparks in the city, having mm-hmm. The United Center be where it is, having Soldier Field be where it is. But in the studies that I've done, and this was a big area of focus for me in school, was that, number one, football stadiums typically provide the least amount of impact on the economic base because of the number of events. And then number two, that is something that should be taken to a ballot if the public should or should not pay for it. That is Mm -hmm. the only way to get the accurate read on if the public wants to or not yeah and if we if we go through all but that of this, was that was before the pandemic that was before jerry world the billion dollar stadium that was and they used eminent domain for a lot of that but you just accepted that as part of the part of the day you knew you were going to have to go a long way hour plus to get somewhere the traffic coming back from a game is just accepted but that's a different lifestyle than what we have here well and remember in so many nfl cities you know i mean the san francisco 49ers don't play in san francisco the new york jets and the giants don't not only do they not play in new york city they don't play in the state of new york right so, so i mean the era when teams were located in the downtown area of their franchise name it's largely becoming a thing of the past. It's not as common. And I think part of the reason that it was possible in L.A. was because of where they wanted to put it. But I was hearing reports about that or rumors about that from people in Southern California as early as 2010. Oh, they've been talking a long time. And even when this deal was done, there were three competing stadium schemes before Kroenke won with this site. Yeah, I, I just think when it comes to the number of home days you're talking about for Bears games, and they are important. God knows we talk about them. I, I feel like it's just something you accept as a change to get to where you need to be. Yeah, and and, and again, you, if you have a and Lawrence, you didn't even allude to this, but but if you've got a stadium with a roof on it that is enclosed that can have 
the final four in it when we were at SoFi. Stevie Nicks was getting ready to come there, you know. I mean, you have concerts, you have all kinds of things that are kind of difficult to do when it's snowing and it's 20 below zero. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, mean, I think SoFi is a- getting ready to have the, the you know, the, the college football championship. And that's it. They have more events. And I think that's how you make it viable. Is that what you found in your study? Absolutely. I mean, you know, I mean, Soldier Field is limited. Not only is Soldier Field limited because of weather, they're also limited because of the Bears' lease. During any time surrounding the football season, the Bears have an ironclad grip on the stadium. Uh, They have say over any other events. All right, I so, don't know that people knew that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, that's the other reason why Arlington Heights makes a lot of sense for the Bears because they can put their own concerts and the Final Four and national championship games and everything else, whereas now they don't have the ability to do that. And they do have to deal with Soldier Field putting Kanye on the Soldier Field grass and having him build a house two days before a game on the Soldier Field grass or Metallica coming in there or the Beatles coming in there and 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 it wait, be- Lawrence, if you can get the Beatles at Soldier Field, sign me up. I'm you're in. <laughs> yeah, Phil, we appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much for coming down. I hope we got what you needed for you. Hey, this is wonderful. Your callers are are wonderful. You guys are great. It was an honor to be here. We're gonna miss you, Phil. Congratulations on an absolutely fabulous career. Thank you very much. It's been wonderful. It's uh, it's I've gotten to work with amazing people like both of you at Channel Five, and I've just uh, had the time of my life. That's Phil Rogers of NBC5. Are you doing a hit today? This is going to be on a f- what time? Uh, this actually uh, is my last thing that I am doing. This is it. This is my, after, <laughs> just down the hall is WBBM. I worked there uh, when it was over at a different building. Uh, my broadcasting career ends at uh, 6 o'clock today. Wow. You are the best, sir. Thank you for your time. We need to take a break. We are going to talk with our buddy Kevin Fishbane. Preview Bears versus Lions. We will do that next here on The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.